0: the marvelous surprises that await you. Hosted by Pat Cashman. He had a fiery quality on the stage and off the stage and he was gorgeous to look at. And back by his side, Lisa Foster. She has tattoos, she's cool, she's dangerous. Broadcasters turned rogue podcasters. <laughs> it's a real nice surprise. They're back and on demand. Just press the button. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking don't they yes I guess you're right <laughs> quiet numbskulls I'm broadcasting Yeehaw! can you dig it yeah yeah I can dig it
1: yeah it's love and time
0: I don't know it, when this podcast will land
1: as they say for sure drop when it'll drop drop
0: yeah uh, but but it should be right around Labor Day or just thereafter or whatever. Right. That doesn't matter. Uh, because whenever I think of Labor Day, uh, I have one associated memory of it, one expectation that is now in the history books. It, it doesn't happen anymore.
1: It's an event that happens around an event. Where-
0: and I And I used to plan my time around it, and I would spend... Uh, a long time hours on hours and I would and I mean overnight I would watch the muscular dystrophy Jerry Lewis telethon
1: oh yeah and how how long did it go cuz they that was something to just see them not get any sleep at all yeah and and Jerry Lewis would start out all slick and handsome tuxedo
0: like nobody's loved you come rain or come shine Tuxedo,
1: and then towards was it an all 24 hour i think it was just a one or no it was all weekend wasn't well, it well it
0: seemed to vary but yeah it was it was uh, multi day i think it might have been 36 hours maybe longer maybe shorter sometimes i don't i don't remember exactly but i do remember that it was before there was cable television and and, you know, Internet and, 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 and it would be typical for TV stations to sign off at night.
1: Oh, uh, right. Oh, yes.
0: yeah. In cooperation with the Federal Bureau... As they started to sign Federal off, Federal some stations TV would run in an FBI library. bulletin, so Ronald you would look Lane around land. out in your shrubbery for a bad the guy. The 10 most wanted fugitives list. And then, and then after that, the station would, would serve up a little bit of religion for you. We must personally ask Jesus Christ to come into our lives. And then... The time is now 2.41 as we leave the air. We invite you to tune in again tomorrow for the finest in television programming. Good night. And then the national anthem... And then when that was over, they would put up some color bars, play a tone, and then shut the transmitter down. So the idea that there'd be something on all through the night and into the early morning and then it, and when, when day would dawn mm-hmm. was kind of was kind of unique in those days before cable penetration was so great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I don't know why, but as a kid, I, I really loved the sticky. Kind of showbiz stuff that Jerry Lewis represented.
1: Yeah, he'd have uh, all his friends on. Yeah, he, and All the,
0: the old school s- comedians s- and Frank Sinatra and would come. Singing and dancing and, yeah. yeah. And, here's and they'd Steve- be
1: hammered. Like, remember, Dean Martin showed up. I would
0: like to give you uh, uh, and the organization. Well, it was back in 1976, and Frank Sinatra set the whole thing up who with Dean Martin to surprise Jerry. And who just wanted to come out. and say, Will you send my friend out, please? Okay, where, okay, where is he? And so out Dean out? Martin comes walking out. He and Jerry haven't seen each other in a million years. And this is what happened. I think it's about time, don't you? And Thank you. I think it's about time. We... A lot of hugging and kissing and...
1: I don't know. Hi, man.
0: (laughs) You know, it seems like... uh... We, we haven't seen his... each other uh, for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there was all those rumors about our breaking up, and then when I started the show and you weren't here, I believed it. I'll show you guys to your room. If you like, the lights are out upstairs, so probably... Oh, he drinks a lot, this kid. Uh, so, you working? I just got finished reading a book called The King of Comedy. Uh, in the Jerry Lewis story, and it goes up to about the year nineteen uh, mid nineties, maybe some, maybe a little longer than that, a little later than. Is that. Is it good? It is fantastic. Can I borrow it? It's not a new book. It's not my book. Oh, I had to give it back to somebody. Oh, okay. In fact, I can't remember if I did give it back or not. I'm not very good at that. I
1: know you have still my Johnny Carson biography yeah. book know, that I lent you, and I know. then my Steve, I lent you the one on Jeff Bezos.
0: Yeah, I I have that.
1: The Amazon guy
0: yeah you know what I'm I do have the Jeff Bezos book uh, but and I read it but I you know what I'm not sure I have the Johnny Carson book I think I lent it to my brother
1: you uh, lent it to Mike I think so oh great let me
0: check on now I'm
1: that. never gonna see it
0: yeah and, and because I couldn't remember where I got it I think I said yeah keep it go ahead keep it I'm not gonna read it again Mike I'm gonna have to Mike write-
1: if you're listening to this I want my damn book back
0: it was great. It's the it was Johnny from Carson, Johnny Carson's yeah. uh agent or something like that. The right? unauthorized yeah. yeah. Well It as, was good though. Yeah. It was
1: juicy. I mean I I saw Johnny Carson in a whole different light. He was kind of a dick.
0: You know, when I tried to talk about my book in the hardcover, he mm-hmm. said uh 1895, you know, that's a lot of money for a book. And I thought I said, it was. said, it's my whole life. I thought it was. And you said, uh, you know, maybe if it's Mother Teresa's life. You, know. you remember those things, don't you? Yes, I do. You, I didn't know you were that sensitive. You actually remember that. I'm, I'm so sensitive, I really can't answer a question from someone who's not interested in the question. I'm very interested in the question. Now, what? It's what? What? all right. It's okay. I'm used to it. Now yeah, what does yeah, what the uh, what is the paperback go for? This the is hard uh, copy 9.95. Is? Well, now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Kinda,
1: well, kind of a dick.
0: Well, I don't know how you view Jerry Lewis, but you would see. I heard see, Jerry Lewis was kind of a dick too. Well, not kinda. I mean, a real. He's like, yeah, he's really? on a pedestal by himself. Really. Well, the breakup was inevitable. Having said that. And, I and I, I spirited the break. I am a huge I mean, Jerry was, Lewis fan. Jerry, this Jerry is the guy. Jerry's this the silly kid. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry's the businessman. Jerry operates the. He writes, produce whatever, and it was always Jerry. If even, he
1: seems like he has an I ego, though. He it. just seems. If, if
0: even part of this I'm book is too. true, it's 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 phenomenal. It's scandalous. He, yeah, he really is. Um, I can't
1: wait. I love books like that. Oh,
0: yeah, but it's. I mean, I, uh, I guess I didn't have any other expectation, but he was he it was and is, I would assume, still the most out-of-control, gigantic egotist uh, almost ever produced That doesn't in surprise show me. It yeah. doesn't
1: surprise me. I don't know why. Um, I know he used to play all those very funny characters, but there's still, there was something about his there's character an edge to them, yeah. that, that comes out that you're like... And I think th- where you probably see... Who he most is like in real life is when you watch um, The Nutty Professor. Mm -hmm. And when he changes from the adorable, kind professor
0: into Buddy... Dr. Julius Kelp. (laughs) Into Buddy Love. Into
1: Buddy Love. Mm -hmm. God, what an arrogant... Hold, 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 Hold it.
0: We'll make our own music, Gorgeous. Just hold it. You and you stay. Tubby, you go rest your thumbs. I'll drive. Sweetie, go get your lips pressed. Split well, you, listen. you listen, sit down here. And if you listen, you'll be thrilled. Believe you me. Sit and listen and watch.
1: I mean, that to me is who Vote is wrong. he probably Vote is. is wrong. Well,
0: some wrong. people said oh, well, he was doing like some you sort you know. of send-up of Dean Martin or something. Yeah. But they yeah. said, no, no, that, no. that's him. That's him. Yeah. That, that's really what he's like. He's Every an arrogant... Thinks he's really talented. Thinks he's a very suave ladies' man. All these things mm-hmm. uh, were were really a part of that character, Buddy Love. Really much more like what Jerry Lewis is like. That old black magic has me in its spell. That old black magic that you weave so well. Uh, he was a he was an inveterate and horrible philanderer. This woman that he was married to forever. Uh, just I don't know why she stood by him. He was just out, outrageous. Because
1: uh, she loves him. This
0: book was. This book will blow your mind. You'll think, mean, how could this guy be any worse? Oh, he did what? And he talk about his temper tantrums and throwing scenes in hotels and uh, at events and stuff. And right, uh, I'm gonna order it on Amazon. But the, it, it's older. It's called The uh, King of Comedy, which of course was the name of a movie. That right. he was in, it was a Martin Scorsese film with uh, uh, Robert De Niro as uh, the the main character who becomes obsessed with the Jerry Lewis character, who is a talk show host and a comedian. He's so obsessed with him that he kidnaps him uh, in so that he can induce him to feature him. I didn't see on movie. his on his talk show, uh, his stand up act and. Um, it, it's great, but Jerry Lewis is really good in that movie. Wow. but again, I think he's really good because he's really being pretty much Jerry Lewis. King of Comedy the,
1: the Life and Art of Jerry Lewis Yeah came out in uh, 1997.
0: And the book does not deny his his great talents and his artistry and and he really did trailblaze a lot of things in filmmaking. He's the one who came up with the idea of a thing called video assist, which directors now use all the time. But it was this idea that you could have a video camera, so when you're shooting a film, you, as the director, can watch the video, a video version of what you're shooting on film. So oh, you could say, "Oh, wait a minute, that's that that we haven't that, blocked
1: that, that right, lamp or, should be over right. there, and
0: that guy should be here." Before you waste a bunch of money on the film, nice. get that's it right. Like very interesting. Now you can look back at Videotape immediately and see whether you got the shot or not uh, Rather than wait for the so-called rushes to come in. So that was his idea. He came up with it So he was an innovative director uh, it talk. the book talks about his whole how he's Glorified in, in France and places like that. They think he's uh, a chaplain sort of genius there and stuff It's a great book, but they anyway they talk a lot about the uh, muscular dystrophy telethon that he did for years and years which, which is something he and Dean Martin did originally when they were first partners with each other. And early in their relationship, Dean, Dean was just the, pretty much the guy that you saw. Ha how's it going there? He's just very laid back. Standing on a corner, watching all the girls go by. And when they were done, whatever they were doing, He'd go off to the golf course and play. That's all he cared about. Mm-hmm. Jerry was the guy that was obsessive about scheduling, about uh, writing stuff, about mm-hmm. publicity, and all the things attendant to being this big act. Dean didn't care like it. He How just let Jerry handle it, and that's yeah. kind of how it went. Um, and it's hard for people now uh, of a certain age to appreciate how huge these guys were right. in the late '40s and right. early '50s. They were as big as the Beatles. Right uh, there, they were it. Right, that was it. They were the tops. And so, um, inevitably, the uh, partnership fell apart mainly because of Jerry. And he, you know, he still talks about it to this day. He feels guilt about it, and and he thinks Dean's this wonderful guy. And he, and, but then he says bad stuff about him too. And so. Uh, he he's just a very mercurial, complicated mm-hmm. character. Jerry Lewis mm-hmm. is, who's now like eighty-eight years old. Wow! And I <laughs> saw him perform at the Emerald Queen Casino about a year and a oh, half ago.
1: Oh, that is so sad.
0: It was. Don't you? If think you were that's there, sad? you would have said it. Yeah, it was not good.
1: Remember, I told you this was before Bill Cosby's big scandal broke. What was that? This was last year when he was coming to. Cosby
0: the, had a scandal
1: <laughs> when he was coming to the Puyallup Fair. Yeah, and it made me want to cry. And I said, "Really, you're playing the Puyallup," and you you poo pooed that and said, "No, Lise, that's a big deal." I go, Pat, no, it's not a big deal. I saw Sinatra that's play not- at the Puyallup. Exactly the sadness. No, no, that's no. Sad. And now Jerry Lewis at the Emerald Queen Casino is. Are these the fairs and casinos where all these old, old hasbends go to die?
0: Well, I look at it differently. I, I just think these guys these guys are really well paid for these appearances. And uh, and, they're, and people go out to see them. I mean, I went and saw Reckles at a, a Indian casino. It's fantastic. I mean, when, when are you going to see these people? If they didn't have casinos and, and fairs, well, I where, guess would, you're where would right. you see these guys?
1: I, I saw Bill Cosby. The first time I ever saw him was in Lake Tahoe. But but places like Vegas and Reno and Tahoe have the big big deal casinos. Yeah, there. but what
0: if you couldn't go there? What if you just lived here and you? you when would you get a chance to see people like? that? And
1: then that? you have to go to the Drift On In Casino and yeah. see. You know, that's just so sad. Whatever.
0: But <laughs> so but yeah. So um, where were? We? Oh, anyway. So Jerry Lewis was. It was a pathetic uh, performance. Uh, to be generous really? about it, he came out. He sauntered out. Uh, wearing his tuxedo. And was he
1: all arrogant or just old and pity, pitiful? He was
0: all of that. And uh, he leaned on a piano, standing next to the piano, and, and he would start to tell jokes, and he would lose his, lose track of where he was going, oh, couldn't remember no. the punchline, and then his piano player would whisper the punchline to him. And it happened throughout, and that wasn't throughout the night. That was no. L- I think he would like to have people think it was shtick, but it clearly was not. Uh, he just... Hey so um just what he just but I think the thing you, you were asking well, why is he out there? It's yeah. pathetic. I think there's a there's something in a performer like him uh that you 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 hear about show business people, movie stars and other performers that at some point say I made enough money, I'm going to walk yeah. away and they do. Yeah. But Sinatra couldn't do it. He retired many times. You know, they just couldn't share. You know, share. she keeps retiring. Her then farewell
1: she, tour has been going on for the yeah, last 20 yeah. years. It's
0: just something about the adulation yeah. uh, that an audience gives you. Sure. And there's a, it's a high you can't get any I other way. I imagine it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, I imagine it is. So but, I think that's what it was But I'm But I'm just sad that his handlers can't.
0: He doesn't have handlers. You get that from or a the, manager. You or get your that from talent the talent guy. You get that or, from the book. Nobody can. Jerry won't listen to anybody. Oh, I see. He knows the answers oh. to everything. He he's uh, the ultimate authority on everything. That's funny. That's smart. That's right. That's wrong. Um, so do I read know, that book. I know. I
1: saw the I saw the made for TV movie starring Sean Hayes, who did a great job. Oh, playing, yeah. playing Jerry Lewis. Yeah, by the yeah. Way. It, it's it was,
0: just he fascinates me yeah, endlessly. Yeah, he fa- And people think this is weird. Uh, I they I said who else fascinates you in the way that Jerry Lewis does and I said Richard Nixon those are two guys I'll drop whatever I'm doing if I see their face on TV I gotta watch it really? I gotta see them if they're being interviewed or whatever because there there's something in that going on in those minds that isn't like you or me and it's fascinating to try and figure out what it is what drives this person what makes them the way they are. In their different ways, they're both really brilliant, and yet they're both terribly antisocial mm-hmm. at the same time. It's fascinating to me.
1: So we don't have um, telethons anymore. No, um, that's what I was
0: getting to. Is that that's really Jerry curious. Lewis? Jerry Lewis has been, you know, from some years now, just sort of squeezed out of the telethon thing. And part of it was because, and the book talks about this, that he it got embarrassing. Let's put it that way, with him on the telethon.
1: What, what do you mean?
0: He just, the way that he would go about it, it became more of like, uh, you know, they called him Jerry's Kids. And it was oh, the Jerry right. Lewis telethon. And it was oh, like, that's right. It was like his thing. and it was, it,
1: He it, became very territorial about it. Yeah. you know. Never-
0: It, it talked about one time that he put this little film together that was to run it during the telethon, and it and the premise of it was, and he said, "I decided to figure out what it would be like if I had muscular dystrophy, and and he said, and I realized I'd be I'd be chained to a chair, and I wouldn't be a, a full person. I'd just be half of a person. I wouldn't I wouldn't be an actual fully fulfilled." Human being, I'd just be half of a human, and that and that was his oh, theme. Oh God! And needless to say, the muscular dystrophy people said, "That's not the message you want to send. Right. That these people are inadequate in some way. That mm-hmm. they're half of a person." And he just didn't get it. You know, he just didn't get that stuff. He right. made he made these patients pitiable instead of uh probably
1: of, though and to try to drive funding in. i mean yeah, isn't that why people give when that's that feel-
0: and that's how he would defend it but <laughs> right. uh but was that really serving uh the cause well you know what was it appropriate i mean he just became uh, this is the way i want to do it and he wouldn't listen to you know the people that actually run the organization and he just sort of got squeezed out considered to be irrelevant and now i don't even know if they do a telethon anymore because all that money most of the money comes from
1: they don't do telethons from funding because you
0: don't need to do it over the air no there's
1: no telethons yeah Yeah. well i was gonna say have we why you don't even hear about muscular dystrophy anymore have we wiped it out
0: no where is it sadly no
1: okay well it's still there and it's still a big organization
0: and they still are corporations that give money but it's all done behind the scenes now there's not a big splashy telethon anymore got it it certainly had its day, and it was certainly, you know, each year they would raise more money, and on on by that basis, it was increasingly successful. But it it finally uh, it finally cratered at some point, and then uh, they couldn't hide Jerry fast enough after that. It's anyway, it's fascinating stuff. Read that book; you'll love it. I will. i You won't order. want it. You won't want it to end.
1: I can get it pretty cheap on Amazon. I can buy used
0: books, so yeah. You know, interestingly enough, even though Dean Martin was the singer, Jerry Lewis had a huge hit with this song. It reached number ten on the charts, and it sold like four million copies. Melody. I was thinking about this the other day. I um, and I don't know if this ever happened to you um, when you. Like, I recently found out about a a fellow that I had considered once to be a very, very good friend of mine. I mean, we were close. We hung out together. We went to parties together. uh, We went on vacations together. And then I find out, oh, yeah, he died two years ago. And it just floors you when you find out that. Why? What happened? Yeah, you told me that story. This is a more recent one. Oh. And... And, uh, and it reminded me When I was a young guy I was in my teens And I was working at this Grocery store in my hometown I was a box boy They call them box boys You, Courtesy clerk You know, you carry groceries out Cause to the Because groceries
1: car. used to go out in a box Yeah,
0: maybe that's they what they They weren't a paper it. bag Yeah, well, or, or both Yeah Oh, yeah, do you maybe want a, I don't know. You know Like Costco, you know Do you want a box? Or right you, yeah. No, I don't want a box I don't want to fight at all I'm just <laughs> here to get some stuff And uh so, but uh, so I, this guy came to work at the store, and he was an older man, and he was just a delight. I sh- I took a shine to him, and him to me immediately, and he worked in the produce department, and I did a little work in the produce department, and I gravitated towards him, and he was he'd tell great jokes, and he was always encouraging me, you know. I thought I could do impressions, and he'd say, "No, nah, you're getting it. You keep doing it. Do a little more of that," and and. uh and then he said, "Hey, watch this!" And he grabbed some oranges, and he could he could juggle like five oranges at a time and stuff. And he said, "You want to learn to juggle?" I said, "Yeah, I want to learn." So this he, sounds
1: like a, this sounds like a half hour sitcom.
0: It is. It, he was just cool. I, it was. I just thought it was kind of cool that it was an older guy. That that you know, why would he care about me? Yeah, this, that's this why young, this sounds like this young a young sit- that's why This
1: sounds like a sitcom. You know, and I
0: just, I just couldn't wait to get to i otherwise hated my job at the grocery store but i couldn't get couldn't wait to get to work uh to hang out with this guy because we had so much fun together
1: That's so sweet
0: so one time i go on vacation i get a vacation week and i go off and i don't re- go where i go and i come back and uh and then i'm i'm working and it's a couple of days and i don't see the guy and i figure oh it must be his days off and so, I mean, fully like two weeks have gone by from when I went on vacation to where I finally started saying, let's say his name was Ralph. Um, where's Ralph? I haven't seen Ralph lately. And they said, oh, Ralph died. I said, what? Oh, Yeah, when you were on, you must have been on vacation the week. Oh. Yeah, you had a heart attack right here in the produce department. Oh, no. And he dropped dead. And it just absolutely floored me. And when you're, especially when you're a younger person, you're not experienced with Right. Usually, you aren't experienced with death, uh,
1: or anything close, especially if somebody that you're close with. Maybe the probably grandparents is the first. Yeah. That people. Yeah, if you're lucky. At a young age, if you're lucky. Experience.
0: Uh, and uh, and so I just I just uh, that just and, and it's funny how you carry that through the years and it still bugs you when you think about it, and oh. and it can build a resolve resolve in you every time you hear about somebody that passed. That dang it! I I'm gonna stay in touch with this person, and danged if you do, you know, you try to as much as you can, but wait a minute. But people in friendships slip away.
1: You just said you hear when you hear of somebody that passed, you think to yourself, "Dang it! I'm gonna resolve to stay in touch with that person." That didn't make any sense. No,
0: I mean no. I, I, you know what I mean? I you mean, mean that, other people? Yeah, from now on. Oh, from now on, all the people, other people
1: that are alive, other
0: people that matter to me or did. Right. I, I'm gonna try to track them down. I'm gonna stay in touch with them, and I'm not gonna. I'm not going to wear, you know, waver on this, but you do. You just do. And I, you know, Why do you think I told is? a friend of mine, I said, you know what? I'm going to call you every week. Aww. I'm going to call you every week. And, and I don't. And I, and then, you know, now it's, now, months, I realize every time, I mean, all the time, I think, Shit, I got to call him tonight. I got to call him. And then I, something comes up, and I don't. And it and it's just making me very bewildered at myself. Um, I don't know if, if there are people like that, and you realize, gee, I haven't talked to them in a long time. Or oh, well, somebody will say, hey, I guess who I saw yesterday, blah, blah, blah. Oh, gee. Wow. I haven't talked to them in a long time. I I probably
1: know a lot more people than I do though. I don't know I that think I your do. circle is bigger than mine, but I mean, I have a very small circle. I don't really um I I I just really do. I I have, you know, very little Well, my
0: circle's getting smaller. Uh, you know, as people pass on or move away or or I lose touch with them, and, and I don't. Yeah. And I don't like that. It's disconcerting. But you know, I you have get a, fri-
1: a lifelong friend um, who I have known for, oh my gosh, ever since I think I was twenty-three years old. So, you know, I've known him for about seventy years.
0: years? 70 if I'm years. doing my math right. Yeah, yeah, that's about right.
1: But I, he lives in California, and I live up here, and um, there are times we go months without talking, months. Yeah. Or he'll shoot me a quick Facebook or I'll email. And I usually, when I'm down there working, I get together and have dinner and we, we chat. and But I don't ever feel like all that time's gone by simply because we are so close, um, which is odd to say because we don't talk every day. We don't yeah. talk once a week. We just have a very, very relaxed, easy friendship. Oh, so That's he's making, running a chainsaw. That makes me very nervous. That sounds. Hey, um, <laughs> but but
0: but when you say that, if when you do, you find that when you when you catch up with somebody that you have known really well, uh, and then years have gone by, and now you see them again. Don't worry about that.
1: It, it makes just, me nervous. Haven't you seen those movies?
0: Well, you like he's going to drop a tree on your house.
1: No, the movies.
0: You mean like uh, Texas Chainsaw yes. Murder? That kind just of just as terrifying. Being there. Even if one of them survives, what will be left? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. After you stop screaming, you'll start talking about it. If you only heard the first part of this promo, you would think it was chickens that were getting murdered here. The most bizarre and brutal series of crimes in America. (laughs) Horrible, horrible.
1: And then you're always hearing... I him. think the
0: guy's just wearing a mask to protect his face. Right <laughs> and now.
1: then you always hear about these horrible chainsaw accidents where the, the, the saw bucked back into his face yeah. and split his skull open. Yeah, yeah. You always hear about those.
0: Well, I don't trust myself around a chainsaw. No. They're, they're scary. That makes me- I've used them and I'm nervous the whole time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know what I got instead? Because I do need a chainsaw. I got these things called alligator loppers. Have you seen what those are? Mm -hmm. You've seen them? I bought a pair. Introducing the Black and Decorel P-1000 alligator lopper.
0: Now there's a weird voice for you, which makes me want to bring up something else totally unrelated. And now it is time for What Drives Cashman Nuts, a completely unnecessary interruption in the middle of Peculiar Podcast. And now... What drives Cashman nuts? I'll tell you what drives me nuts. This commercial.
1: I was getting into my car one morning when I heard it sounded like a kitten was trapped in my car, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Neither could my husband, and neither could the fire department. We couldn't lure it out. So we decided to drive very slowly to L'Echois. The team took my car apart... Oh, here he is. ...and rescued the kitten. Today, he's alive and well and spoiled
0: rotten. I'm Andrea Duvall, and that's my Les Schwab story. Les Schwab, doing the right thing since 1952. Look, I love Les Schwab, okay, but come on! If you really thought, lady, there was a cat sitting under your hood, why would you start the car, much less drive it, to Les Schwab? You had to take at least eight of its nine lives away doing that. And secondly... Who overpronounces kitten like that? Come on! It sounded
1: like a kitten was trapped in my car.
0: Every time I hear that, I feel like I'm going to just start rhymes with kitten, my pants. This has been What Drives Cashman Nuts. We now return to Peculiar Podcasts.
1: Check out the customer reviews now at bestchainsawreview.com. So you can't, nothing can hit you in the head and cut your skull open. Well, They've got like maybe. alligator, no, 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 no. They have like alligator, they're like a big
0: par- They're like those little kid scissors you used to get, <laughs> where you could cut paper, but you couldn't possibly cut your finger. Exactly. Those, those kind? Yes.
1: Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And I feel really safe using that. Well, as long as
0: you feel safe. It has a... <laughs> placebo effect that'll be good uh this is a horrible transition and i don't know if we were done talking about what we were just just, talking just
1: talking about friends and 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 and, you know staying in touch and and maybe you know you have to think about sometimes
0: let me ask you this if we weren't doing this podcast semi-regularly would we stay in touch i think so i I hope so i
1: think we've we've God, so we've known each other since 1991. But,
0: but if we weren't doing this, we knew each other because no, no, we were know. working in radio. I know, but I was, it.
1: but we remember, we didn't start this podcast till 10 years after we went off the air.
0: That's right. So we still, yeah, we stayed in touch we were during was that always time. always in touch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. That's good. Did a yeah. little
1: drinking. Yeah, that's reassuring. Did a little, had some dinners here and there. But you're like, you know, just like.
0: But I think part of that is due to you but, more than me because you wanted to to say, hey, yeah. hey, what are you up to? Yeah. And I'm not... That's okay. And I'm annoyed at myself for not being better at it. Even though I I constantly resolve to do better, I keep slipping back into... What do you
1: think? Do you think it's something more than just... It's very easy to say, I don't have time, I don't have time. But yeah. I have time. Yeah, I have time if, if I want to talk to you, I have time. I have, I have time. time
0: to sit and read a book. I have time to sit and go play golf. I have time to... You know, you know you sit can, around watching TV. I have, I have time for those other things. I just, it's how you use your time, obviously. Well,
1: and maybe, but that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's not it. Maybe, you know, maybe you're uncomfortable with reaching out. Maybe you fear rejection. I don't know. Do you fear rejection? Like if you no, were just to I pick up know. the phone and say, Hey, Lisa, I just wondered what you were doing. And I'd say, Why are you calling me?
0: You yeah, maybe. I mean? That might be part of it. One thing that I uh, I know about myself is that I love doing favors for other people. I you know, I love it. I you know, it doesn't matter what it is, especially if it's something that I can do. Like if I can write a write a piece of humor stuff or, 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 or speech really or I can help put a video together for a guy's memorial service or whatever that kind of stuff. I I like doing that. What I'm not good at is asking other people
1: for favors. For favors. Everybody's like that. You're not unique. Yeah. You're not unique in that. And, and but we,
0: they always say, "Hey man, that was so great. Please call on me anytime. I really owe you." But now you don't owe me. It's no, I'm serious. Do ask me and I'll, I I want to help you out anytime. So I find but, it very but hard but I can't to ask.
1: Do it. For, I find it very hard to ask for favors. Very hard. Um yeah, it's I I think I'm Well, I don't think. I'm a very independent person, Mm -hmm. and I kind of have this idea that I can take care of everything myself, and there's probably a little bitterness in there, too, of, fine, I'll just have to take care of everything myself. I'll
0: have to do it. I'll have
1: to do it. Um, But I'm also quite capable, too. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah. It is pretty annoying. Let me
1: shut the window I (laughs) hope
0: our poor listeners can bear with this. Uh, Yeah, I know what you're saying. And uh, I remember there... Oh, that... That really did a good job.
1: I know. I just had to shut the door. God,
0: it's like, <coughs> man, think you well, I can still hear it, but hardly now. That's good. We have a, we have a train that probably is a, a good three-quarters to a mile away as the crow flies from our house. It goes, I would say every 20 minutes at least, there's a train going by. Train, train, train. I've got a thing about trains. And I love it. I, I crack our bedroom windows open at night so I can hear it. And and it, not I everyone that shares that bedroom feels train. the same way about it all the time. Yeah, that would annoy but, me a lot. No, I, mean, so. I want
1: when I'm trying to sleep, I just want everything to shut the hell yeah. up.
0: But if you hear, like, owls and stuff outside, you like that, no, don't I you? No,
1: shut the hell up.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, mm. I really don't. But but there's nobody wants to hear a chainsaw so that is a universal i think uh where was it where were we? okay well anyway i think we've hey. fairly well exhausted that so the reason i wanted the where i wanted to make this bad transition yes was to talk about um a nephew of mine and i and i think i've told you about him but i have not we've not talked about on this podcast and i think i, I think i'd like to mention him now uh his name is ryan he's a he's my brother's son Yes. And he is uh, about 29, I would say, about 29 years old. And he just recently married, I mean very recently married. They have a baby girl, and they live down in uh, Texas, Louisiana area. And for an occupation, he worked uh, on an oil rig that was offshore down in, uh, what is that, the Gulf of Mexico, Gulf of whatever, down there and uh and so he was a, he's a big strong kid and he's you know he's into weightlifting he's a good worker he likes likes physical labor and uh so this was job was great for him paid really well one day we get a call and he has there's been an accident on the oil rig mm. and i it's hard to know exactly what it looked like or how it happened but there's this huge piece a pole or some large piece of metal that broke loose and fell uh, where he was working and landed on his hands severing one hand off immediately oh my gosh, and his I other know. and he lost three fingers on another hand
1: I, I know this story already but still to hear it yeah. again is still just
0: it's unbelievable
1: unbelievable, unbelievable. and in just
0: one twinkling moment like that his Entire life changed, you know. His Absolutely. His, um, uh, You can look at it from all these different ways. Like, gee, now, what's he going to do now? He's got a new baby. He's got a new wife. Uh, and the thing about him is that I don't think, uh, and, and I think maybe it might be peculiar to uh, younger people, but this, I've not heard an ounce of pity from him this whole time. It has never been, oh, my God, woe is me. It is almost as if this, he almost looks at this like it's an opportunity to do something that he's wow. he, he, he been given him. He's fascinated now with this new idea that now, uh, you know, we've had this war going for 14 years uh, over in the Middle East to one extent or another. And the good thing that came from it, from his point of view, is that they've done all of these wonderful Scientific steps forward with prosthetics, mm-hmm. and and you know, because I can remember as a kid, mm-hmm. I'd see guys like with the hook, with hooks. yeah, yeah. I mean, like Captain Hook, yeah. And that's what you had, yeah. One, I remember one man had a plastic hand. Did wasn't the
1: same color? As no, it wasn't was, even
0: the same color. Right, and, and you couldn't help as a kid, just kind of, oh my gosh, look at that. Now, uh, as you know, they they've got these these amazing uh, prosthetic. Devices that they can bend and are and, you know, flexible. You can pick things up. You can, uh, you know, they can function almost as if you had an actual functioning hand with real fingers in it. I mean, they seem to be coming close to the point where you'll be able to actually have a sense of feeling in the in that artificial is, feet yeah, and hands. That is astounding. And further encouragement comes from this amazing story that came out a couple of weeks ago. This eight-year-old... Little boy in Maryland became the world's first bilateral, uh, pediatric bilateral hand transplant recipient. This little guy, uh, Zion Harvey is his name. He lost his hands and his feet to gangrene oh, six years Lord. ago. And uh And he had to have a kidney transplant as a part of it. He's already taken anti-rejection medications for his candy, uh, kidney, but all of a sudden he became this perfect candidate for this bilateral hand transplant. So they took it. Took forty people at this hospital, Children's Hospital in Philadelphia. Operation took ten hours, and they connected the old and the new bones with steel plates and screws, and they linked up arteries and veins, and so that blood actually flowed from I, the new hands into his. Can I ask a really in
1: poor taste question? Where would they get the hands?
0: Um, I they were, I think. Um, you know, unfortunate donor hands child from, that didn't from, make it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's uh, a black <clears throat> child They're black hands. Uh, and he, however he got them, they repaired They re- reattached the muscles and the tendons wow. and the nerves. And That's just they said within a few days, he was already starting to feed himself with them. They feel numb, but right. increasingly he's starting to get feeling in them. And uh, he has these big dreams that he's going to, be able to get on monkey bars and throw a football oh, and, and stuff someday. That makes to um, cry. It's amazing. That is so
1: it's, so so. We amazing. live in such
0: a lovely time, in spite of all of the things that we, uh, you know, that we decry about mm-hmm. war and, and human suffering and all the rest. And then the flip side is is these brilliant minds, yes. dedicated people that make things. Oh. That would be utterly impossible to even, you know, in a science fiction novel, even dream up. Right. And they're becoming real things, and uh, so I think about my my nephew and what what lies ahead for him. And he's, you know, that's what makes him uh, unmistakably optimistic. Is mm-hmm. that? He, gee, what's what's coming? And he's excited about the idea of what what waits around the corner for him. As for his little baby girl, she'll never know remember him as exactly. any, any differently than he is. Right. He loves to repair cars, and he's oh, wow. apparently on to this thing now where there's a, an artificial uh, hand that you can, like, uh, I want to have a Phillips screwdriver, so you just unscrew the middle finger. Uh, Wait a minute. The middle, and put another tool on where the other one was. And what? And stuff like that. I mean it's that's it's, awesome. It's, phenom- it's phenomenal. It's really sci fi stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say But it's real stuff. Um so, sounds uh,
1: very sounds very get smart to me. Or yeah. very James Bond. Yeah, it's really it's too. it's
0: wonderful. And so but Well, I think he's his, doing well. His, it's his whole attitude about yeah. it. That it's just so inspiring. He I don't think he knows how he he inspires other people in within our, yeah. our family. Uh, with his guts and his attitude.
1: Really green. Let me go. I don't wanna be your hero. I don't wanna be a big man. I just wanna fight with everyone else.
0: Um one time in our studio when we had our radio show, we got just a few minutes oh, left yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we had we would have guests come into our studio all the all the time. If we were lucky, we would get prominent uh, actors would come in occasionally.
1: Celebrities, yeah. Celebrities, we, yeah. Uh, authors, authors
0: would come in, um, and uh,
1: I remember it was always fun. Oh it, uh, yeah, we
0: did we did phone interviews too. I remember right. two that I remembered best with Maya Angelou, who was just magical even on the phone. But we would have uh, other kinds of folks come in, and I, I didn't think I was a particularly good interviewer. But it was just fun having them in there. I don't think, as a radio listener, anybody cared. You know, if they listened to our radio show, it wasn't for the guests that would come in, unless we had somebody really hot.
1: Well, yeah, I was. I would say I think it's always. Like, mm. wow, they've got, you know, Liesl yeah. from The Sound of Music. It was kind of cool. Is in there. And yeah. remember Scotty from Star Trek came in. Yeah, and James Doohan. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, one time uh, we had, uh, and, and I thought of this because she just recently passed away, Ann Rule, yes. the uh, true crime so writer. So
1: sad. Yeah, well, I was a huge fan of hers. Yeah, and
0: she was quite, what a remarkable story. She mm-hmm. She began her true crime career as a writer in 1971 she was working a night shift everybody knows this story she was working this night shift at a suicide hotline in Seattle and and so their job was to you know talk to people and calm them down and say what are you so depressed about and Mm -hmm. you don't want to don't want to kill yourself and all that and working alongside her was another phone answerer a young man named Ted Bundy and so she just coincidentally became uh, friends God. with him of a I sort, know. at least a working companion. Right. And so the name of her book, when it was all said and done after it was discovered he'd killed all these women, was The Stranger Beside Me. That was her first. Because she, true like everybody who book. knew him a little bit, was taken by him. They thought, no, what a charming young right? man. Just yeah, a fascinating guy. book. I need to read yeah. that book again, yeah. too. And, that was uh, the first
1: Anne Rule book I ever read. Bundy was actually ex-
0: executed in 1989, and it sort of became her genre after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wrote a book about Gary Ridgway, and remember Diane yes. Downs? Yes, Diane
1: Downs. Yeah, I had to actually stop reading her books because they're so terrifying. Yeah, they're, it's different than reading a Stephen King book, which which is terrifying, and he's a fantastic writer. But you know that you know killer clowns aren't real. You read Anne Rule's books, and you're like. I, I, I get so disturbed by them. And in some
0: ways, of course, it makes them way more scary It'd because they are scarier. real but real people, Absolutely. real killers. And, yep. and you thought, and I thought, gee, she must be kind of a creepy person. Wouldn't <laughs> you have to get kind of creepy when you're in the minds of people like that? Yeah. But, but uh, I've met her on more than one occasion, but I remember her particularly at our studio, just a really sweet, charming, funny woman. Mm-hmm. And I remember that, and it's still my habit, in fact, I'm doing it right now, that as soon as I would get into the studio, I would kick my shoes off. I couldn't. I can't stand to wear shoes. They're an inconvenience. Yeah. They're uncomfortable. Uh, I, on the other hand, I can't walk to my car over gravel if I don't have a pair of shoes on. Right. My feet are too sensitive.
1: Yeah. You don't wear shoes around the house. Your house. Don't do it. I never have seen you wearing shoes at your house. Don't wear
0: shoes when I take a shower. Don't do it. Yeah. And. uh but I remember that was the first thing because she's used to observing things about people. Right. And she first oh, thing she knows true. is, oh, I know she don't wear any shoes. And she kept making a big thing about it. And she started psychoanalyzing. Oh, really? Kind of, Why would a guy not wear shoes? And it was very interesting uh, how she was she, she didn't just do it in passing but made a real thing of it. Uh, interesting huh I'm not, I'm never going to listen to the radio again without thinking oh that guy's not wearing any shoes right now I wonder why is it like you're trying to unburden yourself or do you feel constricted by your shoes do, do you feel like do you wear a hat and I said no I, you're right I don't usually wear a hat
1: so you need and both my head, ends free and
0: she's noticed I wasn't wearing a wedding ring although I usually do she yeah. said oh, you don't have a wedding ring but you're married right I said yeah she said why don't you wear a wedding ring I don't know. I guess I just don't like the feeling of it. It's uncomfortable to have one on. Yeah, she said, "You don't like stuff on you, do you?" Said, you couldn't wear you, unless it's a
1: supermodel. You
0: couldn't wear earrings, could you? I said, "No, I would <laughs> never." You know, it, even though that was kind of in vogue then, it was just—it was fascinating the way she was kind of would you profiling Be me.
1: wearing clothes if you didn't have to. Would you be more comfortable in a nudist colony? No,
0: no, absolutely not. That—that's no, no, and I. Um, you know, if I went to the Playboy Mansion, uh, I would have to wear my boxer shorts into the pool. Even with all these bunnies around, I would still wear my boxer shorts. I'd just be too shy. Yeah, sh- I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I don't ass- know. I wouldn't assume it was okay to go in in the nude unless I got the green light.
1: Now you, know? you have a good idea of how you probably <clears throat> measure up in um, in the tribe of men right so is it that you would be too shy because you're ashamed or <laughs> were you just too shy because
0: i don't know about that but i will tell you that, that when i was in junior high one time and i was a um, i think i've told you this story before it's stupid but i was i was so immature i mean i'm, I'm watching these guys that are all my age how and, old
1: um so if you're in junior high you're 14 14 15, 15 yeah
0: And I don't, I don't have, I don't have a single hair, uh, a single pubic hair yet. Nothing. I mean, nothing. And all these other guys are walking around with what to me look like elephant trunks and these huge, hairy bodies. And I've got this, um, you know, I've got this button mushroom thing. And so... So I remember that's one cleared, time
1: that's clearer as a bell because there's yeah. no hair to hide it.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so I remember that it was just it was that's just like, so oh my funny. god, I can It's a PE class. Oh, jeez, Now <laughs> I got to take a shower. What am I going to do? And so I remember, I just remember doing this, and this is so goofy. But I remember hanging back by my locker while everybody else was getting into the showers. I was hanging back.
1: Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> and I. Um, I don't know why it's smart, but it I, just sounds smart well
0: and uh, but I could only get away with it for so long, so I remember how do I put this delicately? I remember sort of uh, you know remember you know like ballpark franks the franks that plump when you cook 'em huh well, I was kind of cook myself a little bit <laughs> and so that i, I never so heard so that I thought part. it would look better, so... so I thought it would look <laughs> better.
1: Shut this off! I can't oh. even talk
0: anywhere. So, but here's what happened: you can't. You—it's not like a barbecue where you can set it to low or to medium. Once you turn it on, it went all the way to high, and then I had to walk into the shower.
1: <laughs> I bet you impressed them a lot. Oh God!
0: I, I just—it was the most humiliating day of my life. All
1: right, I gotta go have a drink.
0: Yeah, how about four of them?